the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money, investing, and more. Let's not be shy today. Let's learn from each other. You can call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'd always like to hear what questions you have because I can do a show about the daily news. I can do about the going long for retirement. I can do it about starting early in your 20s. I can talk insurance. I can talk investing. I can talk buying a home. Stocks opened a little bit mixed today. Relative strength in technology. Microsoft had a good set of numbers. Earnings season. 3M, not so much. International slowdown pressures. So that's the basics of it, right? Now to get into the nitty-gritty. You can always count on one day, maybe two days in this three-week period, just to be way too much frickin' frackin' information. In large part, you get earnings and you're looking left and you're looking right. And yesterday I spent three hours listening to conference calls, uh, which amounts to about six calls. Um, I missed the first 20 minutes. I don't want to hear, we had a great quarter, we're on a roll, thank you very much, appreciate it. I, I want to hear the analyst questions. There have been a ton of earnings reports. We're in the heart of earnings season. We get a slightly bigger, more fun week next week. But we're starting to get into, this isn't going to slow down for a while. Bloomberg is reporting that China is willing to buy $20 billion of agricultural products in the first year. Assuming a phase one trade deal is signed. And assuming means, assuming if you assume, you make an ass out of you and me, right? We can't trust an assumption. There's implications, there's assumptions, there's deductions, there's things that are smarter to trust than an assumption. Sherlock Holmes had intuition, right? I'd rather go with intuition than assumptions. Purchases could scale all the way up to 40 to $50 billion in the second year if all tariffs are removed. All on a related note coming out of the White House, Vice President Pence has given a speech on China this morning. At 8 a.m. Pacific time. Huge. South Korea reported a weakening quarter-to-quarter GDP. So South Korea looks like they're going to go into a recession. Three straight quarters, and they're teetering right around negative growth. They're at four-tenths of a percent up. That's less than half a percent up. Weekly jobless claims report was good. It's been good for like three years now. It's really, really, really tough to say that our economy is about to go off a cliff when people aren't getting fired. Uh, the durable goods orders for September 
not so good. So people haven't been getting fired, but production's slowing down. What happens when production slows down more? What happens when production slows down more is you get a situation where the manager gets called into the boss's office. And the boss says, yeah, we're not quite hitting our numbers. Yeah. So you need to do me a favor and uh, go back and fire five people. Yeah. So that's out there. Total orders declined 1.1%. That's the bad news. The good news is we have jobs. Doesn't last forever. We don't live in a utopia. Do you remember your college? Maybe you learned this in high school. I don't know. Depends on how good of a high school you went to. But do you remember utopian and dystopian futures? Utopian, it's like everything is wonderful. No one dies, and we all have good, delicious food, and it's sunny every single day, and only people have to work 45 minutes a day cleaning up their own houses. But then what we learn in every utopian society, there's a dark side to it. Something bad, something evil. Always happens. I own shares of Microsoft, and I'm happy to say it. I messed up. I have an account that had about $20,000 in it from back when I was, let's see, about 25. And it it was all in Microsoft. And when I moved to the east-west coast, the best coast, the coastest with the mostest, I forgot to move the account with me. Got online, I tried two or three times to remember my password, and it basically cut me off. And in those days, you didn't get to reset a password. So Charles Schwab said, you have to come into our offices and sign something and bring a birth certificate. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. But I'm such a busy man. I'm a busy man. Um, What am I trying to say here? I'm a busy man that... I never got around to getting the account. A couple years later, I, well, 20 years later, I go to get the account. It's like tripled. One of the best mistakes I ever made by not getting on top of it. I know you're saying, that's kind of fun. Lamb Research, Comcast, Raytheon, Southwest Airlines, O'Reilly Automotive, and the Dow are some of the luminaries that reported and exceeded expectations. Let's throw a party in here. Let's get a party in here. So we got Comcast, cable company, media company. We get Lamb Research, who makes semiconductors. They make the ovens that make their semiconductors. Raytheon, we get a defense spender. We get Southwest Air, who they had a lot to say. They said Boeing's getting closer to getting 737 MAX in the air. When Southwest says it, I'm buying Boeing. Maybe, hopefully, I can predict about a week before that, but not yet. O'Reilly, O'Reilly Automotive. Have you heard those horrible commercials? That's an interesting one because it's, it kind of represents used cars or older cars. So when new car sales come out, we go, hey, this is how much debt people are taking on, how much people are spending per year on their cars, and we kind of get a feel for it. The opposite, O'Reilly shows us lack of confidence in the economy as people hold on to their cars longer and longer. Some of that could be mindset changes, like the millennials doing what they're supposed to be doing, figuring it out. 
instead of just going with the flow. So I like Kevin Carter's. I like going to O'Reilly. I do. I'll be honest with you. Um, I like changing things like light bulbs and cars and I will do everything up to brakes. And then I stop there. So I can do maintenance on my vehicle. Oh, by the way, um, I got some sort of crazy infection going today. So if I say something like really ridiculous, I probably meant it, but my filter couldn't stop it. So I got an infection in my eye, my ear, my jaw, and my neck. I've never had an infection like that. You've had a sore throat before? I've, I've, it's not isolated. So I'm going to the doctor later today. Uh, Twitter down 18%. Whoa! Look out below! They missed expectations and had disappointing guidance. 3M, Ford, Nokia, eBay, Donaher, Stanley Black & Decker, all disappointed. So the news is pretty robust. I just told you all the great companies that had big diversity in the economy. These are a little bit more bullet shots. Nokia is not that important. Ford is kind of a poor man's GM. 3M, that's a big one. Uh, Twitter, it's not the, the dominant big Mac daddy of the internet and internet advertising. But with that said, you can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. One of the more interesting things I read in the Wall Street Journal yesterday was an article about Uber and its relationship that it has with Saudi Arabia. They're pretty close. The Kingdom's Sovereign Wealth Fund invested $3.5 billion into Uber three years ago. They got preferred stock. They got warrants. They got common shares. They've lost a billion dollars. So every time you feel bad today, feel bad for the sheik who's got oil under his sand that pumps cash. And instead of sharing, he goes out and buys Uber. That would be like me, my spouse, saying, here's some money, go buy groceries. And along the way, I'm supposed to buy groceries to feed my family. We're hungry. Along the way, I see a salesperson offering me a magic bean that will grow into the sky. And there's a goose at the top that has a golden egg that I can go steal. Fails to mention there's a giant green in it. Spouse would be very upset if I come back with a magic bean versus groceries. That's kind of what happened here. Uber's lowered its projected IPO price after Lyft struggled. Then we see the mother of all IPO implosions ever that I could think of. We work trying to get public at fifty billion, and it's worth maybe six billion now, just a month after the failed IPO. Tesla's in the news today, and I almost don't want to talk about it. Elon Musk has gone from he was fun to report about. He was refreshing to, I don't know if I could trust him. And that makes for an unhealthy relationship between me and him and me and you, because I I don't want to hurt you. But Elon Musk made the prediction on Tesla's third quarter earnings conference call. 
that the forthcoming Model Y is going to outsell the Model S, the X, and the 3 combined. Tesla now expects to begin full production of the new crossover in the summer of 2020 instead of the fall. So they're moving production up a bit, and that's probably a good thing in the minds of investors. Um, the word on the street is that it's going to be a good vehicle. Is that enough to buy the stock? Well, the stock's up 20% today, essentially. Biggest gain in six years. Plenty of bulls for the feed, uh, plenty of information for the bulls to feed. They had a good quarter. Pulling forward of the Model Y production, China factory timeline, and a release of a new version of Tesla's solar roof all got positive reactions. I still don't want to own the stock. It's too dramatic for me. But I get it. Do you remember a couple weeks ago on every day we would be talking about Beyond Meat going higher? Um, it was the IPO of 2019. Now you're going to start looking at it going, I don't know if that's true anymore. At one point in time, the beef patty made out of plant proteins, that's their big product right now, had driven that stock way higher. Now it's fallen 66, 67% from its all-time high. And kind of what I'm asking you is, do you remember um, one of the things I try to do on the show is, is to talk about some of the friends that I have. I have a friend who's a police officer. He loved the stock. He's like, should I buy it? I'm like, it's going to come down at some point. And a couple days later, it's up another 50%. Should I buy it? It's going to come down. And then... I like, okay, if you really want to buy it, buy a little bit of it now, and then buy a little bit more later when it's either up or down. Scale into it. Uh, he's not asking if you should buy it anymore. And that's the exact wrong thing. You shouldn't be asking, should you buy it when the stock's at an all time high, 239? But when its IPO goes from 25 to 239, something's terribly messed up. Now it's gone from 25 to 99. That's a little bit more okay. If we're buying into the, the fact and the dreams and the thoughts of a plant-based protein substitute. So that's out there. Man, the Uber IPO and the Beyond Meat IPO show you the, the, the risks of IPOs. Does it not? The enormous increase in the valuation of FANG stocks is, is a big question right now. One of the thing stocks, Netflix, used to have no competitors, but it's about to get two very big competitors in the next 60 days in Disney and Apple. Apple has competition, so to speak, from Samsung and Huawei and regulators. Facebook had not a tough day yesterday, but Mark Zuckerberg went to the Capitol Hill because he's just a bill... On Capitol Hill. So he goes to Capitol Hill and he got grilled. One of my favorite questions was, someone said, can you spend an hour a day moderating, moderating the content on Facebook? Just basically trying to say, hey, can you help with a solution? Can you help point out what looks wrong? Can you help point out 
He goes, no. <laughs> I like that. It shows Moxie. So Fang is famously Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Microsoft, Amazon, and Alphabet. Microsoft doesn't fit in with the Fang, F-A-N-G angle. But big techs had a big run. Market cap of FanMag, if you want to include the include the M, has had a, a roaring 2019, and it's had a great 10-year run. So predicting near-term price direction is tough, but a lot of people are starting to think, you know, start looking for cracks in the economy, start looking for cracks in stocks. Not really seeing it in FANG yet, except for maybe Netflix. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Sneakers are a big business right now. I hope that they don't turn into a, a trend that I have to talk about it. I'll talk about Jordans and resale value and stuff like that, but uh, it seems like it's going to be a hot IPO some, at some point in time with sneakers. Tech CEOs like Mark Binioff wear $400, $500 pair of shoes that are super stylish, but they're high tops. It's kind of their way of saying, hey, we're in California. We wear sweater vests instead of business jackets. We don't know what a tie is, and we wear sneakers instead of dress shoes because we're that kind of bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. A hiker said the Apple Watch saved his life by calling 911 after he fell off a cliff. Theory, a cell phone would have done it, too, but let's blame the watch. <laughs> I know you're saying, he fell off a cliff? Maybe he lost his watch, or maybe he lost his uh, um, phone instead of his watch. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Big seminar coming up in November. Find it at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code RADIO25 to get in for all free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I watched some of the proceedings yesterday with Mark Zuckerberg on Capitol Hill talking about Libra and the cryptocurrency. And... It's really, really, really angry to be mad at Facebook. It's really easy to be angry at Facebook. They're too big. They leaked our pictures. They leaked our phone numbers. They're irresponsible with data. They're selling us out. But there was one question, one thought that was presented at a point in time by Mark Zuckerberg because they showed his prepared testimony to the media and I guess to you too before he actually got on Capitol Hill. And one of the things he said was, if we don't do this, or some company in the United States doesn't do this, China's going to win Bitcoin. China's going to win cryptocurrencies. That's where it starts getting fascinating. When you start talking about, you saw how quickly the NBA, how China just turned on them. And it's as if China as if the NBA never existed in China. They just cut off all the information. They can do that. South Park magically disappeared from China after they did a band in China episode. The band was a B-A-N-D, like a rock band. But we all know it really meant that they're banning, P- banning and censoring information. 
So is it China scare tactics that Mark Zuckerberg's doing to promote Facebook self-interest? Or is there something there? I bring it up because it was one of the things I saw that was refreshing about media. Does that sound right? It was refreshing about the story. Because the story is evil Facebook. Evil Facebook. Do we care if China wins? What if there's a cryptocurrency that China's able to hack and you have $100,000 in it and suddenly it's all gone? Because they help set up the software to design it and set it up and make it safe and everything. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. We need a movie with like uh, a Jack Ryan type character. That's right. We need Jack Ryan. 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. It's anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's interesting. One of the big stories coming out of earnings season this season is how many companies are using private jets. A couple of years ago, maybe about a year and a half ago, one of the heirs to the Disney fortune, the Walt Disney, one of the granddaughters kind of thing, she's become an activist for CEOs not to fly in private plans. I kind of get it. They're probably one of the most incredibly wasteful things to our environment. And that draws back to the story that Bill Gates once said something along the lines of someone saw him flying commercial and they're like, I can't believe you bought fly commercial. And he goes, what am I, the queen of England? I don't know if he still does, doesn't. I, you know, I get being a billionaire. You can't really be mingling with average people. Can you imagine sitting next to Bill Gates on an airplane? You're like, can I borrow some money? Hey, I want to get a soda, but I don't have any money. Can I borrow some money? He's a billionaire. He's like, no. United Technologies reported 17% growth in aftermarket sales in its Collins Aerospace division. General Dynamics is launching a new Gulfstream private plane. Private planes are in. So on one level, you could invest in them. On the other level, you could say they pollute the environment, right? Microsoft's quarter was a pretty good quarter. I used to pay attention to Microsoft's quarter 20, 30 years ago on how many PCs were sold. Was the number going up or down? And when the dollar amount of the cost of a PC was dropping from 4000 to 3000 to 2500 to 2000 to 1500 that always benefited Microsoft because they never lowered their price on Windows. And on some level, it benefited Microsoft because they, um, how shall we say, had a monopoly. And they were never lowering their prices. But now when you pay attention to Microsoft's quarter, you're not paying attention to Office. Wasn't Office like $120 if you bought the student edition? And that would get you everything you kind of need between Outlook, which I think is still one of the more functional, better web uh, softwares out there. I'm not a big webmail guy. I know, you're saying, fascinated, Rob. Please keep that opinion to yourself. New home sales dipped slightly in September. That's interesting. We have incredibly low interest rates. That's a perfect environment for housing. New homes slipped seven-tenths of a percent month-to-month, seasonally adjusted rate of 701,000 units. So we're building 701,000 new homes a year is the idea. Sales activity by region, 
I could kind of tell you where the action is and where price increases may still have some chances. A lot of building in the Midwest, up 6%. So let's stay away from the Midwest. There's too much building there. Supply and, supply and uh, demand, right? The West has a lot of jobs, down 3.8%. That's more interesting. And the Northeast has a lot of jobs, down 2.8% in new homes. Sales of homes priced at 400000 and higher accounted for 25% of the homes versus 35% in August. So people are looking for cheaper. That's not exactly the trend that you want. I once uh, had on an executive chef on the show. He was the chef at one of my favorite restaurants in Saratoga. And he basically shut down his high-end place where you would easily spend $400 on a dinner for two. And every bite was better than the last kind of thing. And he went the way of kind of a cafe with prices, you know, a tenth of the price. Because that's the trend. Same thing in housing. If, if the high end's not working out, some people will shift to the lower end. But it also tells you that the high end may be tapped out. Yep. That's about all I have for you today. Please make sure you turn off the lights on your way out. FinTech got Delta interesting blow this week. A federal judge this week poured cold water. Woo! Cold water. Remember the ice bucket challenge? Did he do it? So a federal judge throws cold water, cold air on some tech companies' plans to quickly become a bank. This is probably a good thing. I have some apps on my phone that have started introducing savings accounts that are higher yield than your Bank of America's and your Wells Fargo's. Acorn's got one like a 1.8%. I know Robinhood, who does free stock trading, has one. But the Office of Comptroller for the New York uh, State, a judge ruled that you can't exactly write a banking charter overnight. It takes a little bit more than that. A ruling that slams the brakes on a lot of fintech at this point in time. Fintech, obviously, is what exactly what it sounds like, financial technology. You used to not be able to trade stocks on your phone, but now you can trade stocks on your phone. Fintech companies had welcomed a special bank charter that cleared a quicker path for them to become a bank. But that was Delta Blow this week as Federal District Court in New York decided the Office of Comp Controller that the regulator issuing the charters didn't have the authority to do so. Step back. But that doesn't mean they're done or dead. Um, but it means that the process typically takes twelve to twenty-four months, eighteen to twenty-four months, not two weeks. So that's out there. And again, I'm thinking about my next stock purchase, and one of the ones I was going over in my head is buy some more Visa. I'm like, okay, let's let's refresh yourself. Let's think about fintech. Let's think about competition. I like Visa because it's a credit card play, right? No, it's not a credit card play. It's a transaction play. They're not a credit card. So they have no risk. If if you go out and charge a million dollars, one dollar is a million times. Let's say you get a coffee, a cup of coffee at McDonald's. You buy a million cups of coffee over a million days. They make money every time you swipe your card. Now the Chase Sapphire 
they're making money on the interest rate they charge you. That's the basic idea. So the risk is on the bank, the Chase or the Citibank or whoever issues the card. It's not on the guy who swipes the card, the Visa or MasterCard. To me, American Express is a play on small businesses. Maybe I should look back into that because that's an assumption I've held for 30 years. And you know what we said about assumptions, right? Square is applied with the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation for a special industrial loan company license. So one of the companies that scares me for Visa and MasterCard is Square. They're trying to get in that business of doing all the work on a financial transaction and doing it in basically real time. The interesting, not the interesting thing, but the, the thing that sucked for merchants in the past was it took sometimes two to three days to get your money for the guy who just swiped his card at your store, even though you walked out with the goods that they've already paid for. So that's why cash is king usually, but you kind of see what's happening in fintech. I like fintech very much. I think it's very disruptive. and I think it benefits people. Big seminar coming up in November. Not November. No mustache wearing, please. You can learn more about the event by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So one of the big winners today is Tesla. And I don't have enough information about their cash flow. I haven't looked at it yet. I feel bad because part of my job is to talk about that kind of stock on this kind of show. Their cash levels, they say, are self-funding now. So they're not going to have to go back to shareholders to say, let's issue paper that makes you part owner. Their automotive margins, 22.8%. Overall operating margins of 4.1%. I'm going to have to look at their metrics to see what, what it means to me. I honestly, it's, it's one of those times where I'm like, I just failed you. Um, with that said, let's move forward. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Twitter blames ad targeting issues for their earnings miss, sending their stock plunging. Tesla, Tesla shares pop the most in six years after earnings show it's building cash, boosting margins. Amazon's big investments in free one-day delivery is expected to spark growth in the third quarter, but costs in the current quarter. As you move, believe it or not, two-day delivery is a big technology, and then one-day delivery is a bigger technology, and it costs money to invest in technology. So that's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. American Express has a green card, which is relaunching with new benefits. Have you ever heard of the American Express green? It's like the original one. It feels like, I don't know if you remember commercials from the 1970s and early 80s where like, do you know who I am? I'm Carl Malden. And there was this big green American Express with that Roman fighter on the front of it. Sometimes what's old is new. So new perks, new rewards. There's kind of an amazing thing going on with credit card companies fighting each other for you, the customer. The reason they're calling it the green card is because it's 70% reclaimed plastic. 
So the new card's designed. All cards have different features. If you travel a lot, you want a travel card. If you're loyal a lot to one airline, you want that airline card. So there's, if you want just cash back, cash back. Keep it simple. The new card was designed for customers who are looking to do business with sustainable and socially responsible brands, but are also much more interested in trying out new restaurants across town or traveling with their friends rather than necessarily buying things. So the perks are heavily towards... What are they heavily towards? Flights, hotels, car rentals, ride shares, buses, subways. I think that's about right. Previously, the card only offered two times membership rewards per dollar. It's up in their game. And again, if you're one of those people who, how shall we say, likes credit card rewards, you got something to think about today. It's $200 in annual statements, uh, mobile assistant, updated payment features. I was playing with it. That's actually kind of interesting that we're talking about this right now because I was playing with the apps for my credit cards yesterday, probably like the last three or four days. And they're pretty robust. Um, I'm not a person who goes shopping, who goes web surfing before they go shopping. I'm not looking for every bargain, every budget, every blah, blah, blah. But a lot of that's been moved onto your phone now. So if you're going to Costco, you can get 10% off and use your credit card. It says, hit this button and it'll activate it for you. I should talk best credit cards on occasion. Because I know people are pretty fascinated with it. Like, best cash card, cash back reward. Right now is the Alliant Cashback Visa Signature. Best travel card for general purposes, American Express Gold Card. Best rewards credit card. Best no annual fee credit card, City Double Cash. I like the City Double Cash. 2% back, 1% when you buy, 1% when you pay. That's pretty good for no fees. You're getting 2% off everything. I know you're saying 2%, Rob. I don't get out of my bed for 2%. That's fair. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air good website for credit cards, in my opinion, is bankrate.com. Good website for learning about college savings, savingforcollege.com. Some of the best newspapers to read, I think, are the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. When you get the Wall Street Journal, you typically, if you get the online version, you get the uh, uh, web version of Barron's. But some people have told me that's changed, but I guess I was grandfathered into it. Anyhow, those are my three uh, big papers that I read before I go to the research. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Jewel is halting sales of most flavors, but it's not completely stopping. What do you think is going to happen to Jewel? At one point in time, Big Tobacco put $30 billion plus into them. But Jewel has to stop selling fruit, cream, mango, and cucumber nicotine pods. What do you think the black market for pods are going to be? Last week when they were talking about uh, pulling Jewel from the shelves, I was like, I almost wanted to go as buy as much of the crap as I could, even though I don't smoke, because I know that I could resell it, right? Right. 
Oh, flight shaming is gaining traction, and it could cost airlines billions of dollars. Flight shaming. It's all about the big carbon schemes and forest owners. Guilt over the environmental toll of air travels causing customers to look for ways to offset carbon emissions and also take alternate modes of transport when when possible. Do you remember last week that little girl from uh, Europe? She comes to the United Nations and she scolds Trump. She talks to all the UN and says, you know, you're taking away my future. She came to America in a sailboat. Like, she doesn't want to, like, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know how long it's even important to talk. But it is a trend. Shaming for burning carbon. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more.